This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. Today's show is dedicated to mental health and to a wonderful story about the joy of music. Coming up on today's program, we have two wonderful musicians. One is a singer-songwriter who has been on the show before in one of our season one episodes. And the other is a 10-year-old girl who has a connection with the first artist. And they're going to meet on the show for the very first time today. We're about to welcome back singer-songwriter Wendy Lands to the program, and I'm excited for you to also meet Nina, a 10-year-old singer from Vancouver who has a very serendipitous connection with Wendy. Also, author Michelle Viner is here with her book, A Few Words About Mental Health, written from the perspective of a mother whose daughter was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 15. But first, let's go to our interview with Wendy in Toronto and Nina in Vancouver. So Wendy and Nina, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you. Great to have you. you. (laughs) I just would love to tell our listeners a little bit about both of you. So many of you know Wendy Lands, who breathes new air into the jazz genre with original tunes that are worthy of inclusion in the great Canadian songbook. On stage, she combines a cool jazziness with an intimate, vulnerable theatricality, and she never fails to make her audience feel as though they're not just sitting back and watching, but actually participating in something very special. Lance has had many of her songs spun on Jazz FM 91, CBC Radio, and the Jazzcast podcast. And she has also played jazz festivals and jazz venues in Canada, the U.S., and Europe. In 2017, she headlined the prestigious Ladies Jazz Festival in Gdynia, Poland, a country that embraced her by sending her to the top of the charts, where she happily hovered just beneath Nora Jones and Lady Gaga. Wow, that's a great story for weeks. She has been nominated for a Juno Award won two Canadian Radio Music Awards, the Broadway World Award for Cabaret Solo Show, and the Kale Chernin Award for Theatre Production. So happy to have you back again on Finding Your Bliss. Wendy, welcome. Um, I'm so happy to be here, Julie. I love talking to you. (laughs) You too. It's always so much fun. And now I'm going to tell you about our second guest. Nina is 10 years old and was born in Cambridge, England. When she was one and a half years old, she and her family moved from Cambridge to New Haven, Connecticut, and she lived in New Haven until she was four years old, and now her family lives in Vancouver, BC, where they've been for almost six years. Since the beginning of the lockdown, Nina has been recording and uploading some of her favorite songs to SoundCloud, and she records one song a day, and to date, she has recorded a fantastic 50 songs. Her goal by the end of this quarantine is to reach 100 songs. Just a little bit after this interview was recorded, Nina reached her goal of recording a phenomenal 100 songs. The reason that she chose to do this is because she likes spreading joy to people who need it, and she dedicates songs to people she loves and misses every day. Nina, we're so happy to have you here on Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, I'm happy to be here too. (laughs) 
<laughs> so happy to have you. So let's tell our audience the story. So Wendy, you were scrolling through Twitter and you discovered that a young artist had covered one of your amazing songs, Boom Boom, from your album titled Altitude. And voila, as you were surfing, you saw this and played it. Tell us what happened when you heard it. Yeah, well, it's always exciting when you get a little mention on Twitter, you know. So at first I just I just thought it was a, a mention about my song and myself. And I was I was with my husband. Uh we were hanging out, and then all of a sudden I realized that there was a link to hear the recording. <laughs> and so I clicked on the link and my husband Jim and I, who co-wrote Boom Boom, I'll have you know, uh just our mouths, our jaws dropped to the ground <laughs> as we listened to this incredible version of our song. <laughs> and it was one of the most validating uh, experiences we've had. Isn't that so wonderful? What inspired you to write Boom Boom, Wendy? Well, I'm from Montreal, as are you. I'm, I'm, I moved here because I'm, I'm an Anglophone, like a real Anglophone. And <laughs> I perform in Montreal, I feel like a dum-dum because I can just sort of communicate with the audience uh, a petit peu. And I thought, I owe them. I owe them a whole song. So with the most simplistic French, really, I, I crafted a song and I, I had some help with, from some of my uh, Francophone friends translating my English lyrics into French. Uh, so I, I think I wanted to write it for them uh, as, a, as a big mwah to them, a kiss. But also, um, you know, I believe that all the, the silliness in the world that splits us in half. So, you know, the, the language debate that goes on in Quebec, partisan wars in the United States and all over the world are, are so silly because we are all beating hearts. Mm -hmm. And if we would just speak the language of love, wouldn't life be so much more simple and so much more filled with love? So it's sort of a love song to love. That's so wonderful. Well, I just love the song. Nina, you say you really enjoy singing songs for people and getting their feedback. And that when you hear the news that the dedication in the song makes their day, that in turn makes your day. I love that. Why did you choose to sing Boom Boom by Wendy Lenz? Well, I had never heard Wendy Lenz before. And my dad found Boom Boom when he was listening to songs um, one day. And so he showed it to me and I instantly fell in love with it. And I thought, Oh, I want to be able to sing this one day. <laughs> I had never sang a song in French before. So it was a really good challenge. And yeah, it was really fun to learn. Well, your accent is terrific. I'm very impressed. That's terrific. Uh, Wendy, why don't we start by hearing your version first, and then we'll hear Nina's cover of your original song. Let's have a listen to Wendy Lang's singing Boom Boom. La langue de l'amour, ce n'est pas le français. La langue de l'amour, ce n'est pas l'anglais La langue de l'amour, ce n'est pas parler Écoutez, boum That 
was so gorgeous. Yay. Love that. I love that song, Wendy. It's really fantastic. Oh my goodness. Well, I can't take the suspense any longer. Let's have a listen now to Nina, who we first heard when her dad posted the song on Twitter from her SoundCloud account, Songs from a 10-year-old Vancouver girl. Let's roll the clip. And here is Nina singing Boom Boom. This song is for Dorte and Charlie. I really miss you guys, and I hope we can see you soon. Keep feeding the birds. La langue de l'amour, ce n'est pas la français. La langue de l'amour, ce n'est pas l'anglais. La langue de l'amour, ce n'est pas parler. Shh, écoutez, boom boom, c'est la langue de l'amour. Boom boom, c'est la langue du cœur. Boom boom, c'est la langue de l'amour. B o o m b o o m, y a pas vambe. La da da du. Wow. <laughs> That's so gorgeous, Nina. Wow. Congratulations. That sounds so fantastic. It's amazing. And she she does, and it's her own version. Like you're not copying me, Nina. You're obviously inspired, but you've taken it to your own little place and you have all these gorgeous little endings on your phrases and it's so impressive. Yeah, I try to do that with songs. Whenever I sing someone's cover, I always change it a little bit so it's like so people know it's mine. So you own it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's called being an artist. That's really really cool. I also love Nina that all of your son- songs are sung a cappella because you really have perfect pitch and you have a gorgeous voice. What do your parents think about all of this and what has been their reaction to you doing this? My dad and I One day, I was just singing a song at the piano. My brother was, I think, maybe playing the piano, and I was just singing a song. And my dad loved it, and he was like, we need to record that. And I was like, really? (laughs) And so he recorded me on a recording device. And then after that, the next day, he said, hey, should we record another song? At first, I was a little bit doubtful. But (laughs) then I grew, and I was like, actually, yeah, that's really cool. And the the first couple songs didn't have dedications, but then we thought if we're singing the songs, why not dedicate them to people? And the first couple ones, like people loved them. And we got videos of them crying, listening to <gasps> <Aww>. the songs. <laughs> That's so great. There, there's another creative member of your family, Nina. Your brother, Sam, contributes daily to these songs as well. How does he do that? So my brother, Sam, is really amazing at origami. And yeah, he folds paper animals and objects. Um, We take a picture of them and we put them with the recording of the song so people can listen to the song and admire his amazing origami. Wow. Isn't that incredible? You, this is your gift to the universe, and you're both helping the, make the world a better place during a very difficult time. I, I actually want to ask you both about COVID-19. Wendy, what is your take on all of this, and what are some of your coping tips that are helping you get through it all? Well, I think everybody is in a different state. <laughs> I think in a crazy way that, that COVID-19 has been an incredible leveler for us all, because 
For the first Mm -hmm. time ever, we all know that we're all doing the same thing. We're all in lockdown. We're all in our homes. There's something really special about this time that I feel. I know it's also incredibly difficult, Mm -hmm. very, very difficult for some people. For me, I'm not pushing myself. You know, I I think that's one of my tips. I'm, I'm not pushing myself to make this, you know, a eureka time as much as I'm reveling in how time has stopped. It's incredible family time for myself and my husband and my daughter. We are cooking together. We are having dance parties. We are, uh, we're sharing creative ideas. And that's how we're coping. That's beautiful. Nina, I think I know the answer of what's been helping you get through this time. But what has been the reaction? I think you've mentioned this as well, of family and friends to all the beautiful songs that you're dedicating. And is this helping you get through COVID-19? Yeah, so the songs are definitely a big part of what's keeping me happy and connected to everyone. But I also really enjoy doing online school and seeing my friends and my teacher and just talking and actually seeing people, even though we're at home. Oh, yeah. Zoom is everybody's best friend right now, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you love to do with your friends? Tell me about some of your friends, their names and what you love to do with them. Yeah, so some of my best friends are Esme, Lucy, Bella, Caitlin, Mia, and Tatum. And I really like um, making up games with them, uh, drawing and listening to music and singing and dancing and making friendship bracelets. And Friendship bracelets. I loved reading about that. And Nina, I know you also have an amazing teacher. Can you tell me about yeah, her? Yeah, so my amazing teacher, Gina, she's one of the best teachers I've ever had. And I really like the way she teaches me. And she's been a big help right now. Even if I can't see her in person, she's been giving out really good schoolwork. And it's been really fun to do. That's so great. Well, thank you to your teacher very, very much. And Wendy, I want to I want to tell our audience that I took your voiceover class and loved it and actually got a voiceover agent because of you, because you helped me prepare a beautiful demo reel. And you were so helpful that that thanks to you, I'm being represented uh, for voice work. So I I have to thank you so much for that. I'm so proud of you. You're one of my success stories that I tell everybody about. How beautiful. It's so great. Are you offering any voiceover acting classes online or are you waiting to do it in person? I am. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking it online. Wow. I hesitated and then I just jumped in and I have been doing Zoom voiceover classes and they're going great. Wow. So if anybody out there is interested in learning how to do voiceover, this is a great time to master a new skill and I would love to help you. How can people contact you if they're interested in doing some voiceover classes online? They can send me an email at wendy at wendylands.com. And Wendy Lance is W-E-N-D-Y-L-A-N-D-S. Yes. And you also have a show, a beautiful one-woman show called What the World Needs Now with Wendy Lance. It's had a couple of performances. I'm sure it will be back. Like Broadway, there's unfortunately no live shows. Yeah. But are you... Uh, tempting to do any part of that show online or a little sort of sneak peek for people who haven't seen it? I am. I'm trying to figure out the best way to put it out there. And I'll let you know, because I'd love to tell you about it when it when it's time. Yes. That would be great. And we'll promote it on the air. That would be wonderful. Thank Nina, you. I know you are on you are on song 50. I hope I'm up to date and it's not 51. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. And your goal is to reach 100. What do you plan to do after you reach 100 songs? 
Yeah, so I've been singing a song every day from artists that I really like. My goal is for my 100th song to sing one of my own songs that I've made up. And actually, I wrote Ooh. my first song yesterday. Wow. <gasps> yesterday? Just wow. yesterday. How exciting. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's incredible. Just a little postscript. Ever since recording this interview, Nina has achieved her goal of 100 songs. Nina, we are so proud of you. Nina, is there anything you would like to ask Wendy? Um, how did you start singing your songs and how did you like think to do that? Because it's gotten so big. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I started like you. I started singing other people's songs and then creating my own songs when I was close to your age too. And I stuck with it and I listened to other people's songs and I got really into figuring out song craft and, and what it meant. And then I just started being very, very brave when I got to be, you know, like 18 years old, something like that. I got to be really, really brave. And I met other musicians and recorded songs with other musicians. It's kind of half about your talent and half about your how brave and courageous you can be in terms of meeting people and getting together with them and creating projects. So cool. Um, Wendy, I know I've asked you this before, but what is bliss for Wendy Lands right now? Well, it's realizing that who we are is who we are, whether there's a pandemic or not. And that I think um, if you're open and you have a sort of a growth mindset, you know, I'm continuing to do what I do. I am doing voiceovers. I am teaching voiceovers. I am figuring out how to do my show all now through Zoom or other online platforms. Life is about moving ahead. That's so great. Nina, we know that you're creating bliss for all of your listeners. What is happiness and bliss for Nina? So for me, bliss means being with my family and friends and doing things that I enjoy. And just not thinking about the bad things in life and just enjoying the good things. When I think of the word bliss, it reminds me of kind of sunshine and sparkles and happiness. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That's <laughs> that's one of the best answers I've ever heard. That's, that's really beautiful. Nina, how can people listen to your music on SoundCloud? So if you go to SoundCloud... In the search bar, if you write Vancouver-Girl, you can listen to all of my recordings. That's so wonderful. And I have to tell you, I've listened to a lot of them and they are fantastic. And I really, really enjoyed them from the musical theater to the jazz to the pop to you to have such a wide repertoire. And it was just so wonderful to listen to. And Wendy, of course, has five albums and is a super talented singer, artist, actress. She also played Eponine in Les Miserables, if you can imagine, in the Canadian premiere of Les Miserables. And she is she's something else. Wendy, what is the best way for people to contact you again. I know we asked you earlier, but for those who are just tuning in now. Well, you know, I have a website, which is wendylands.com. There's a contact tab. And if you want to contact me about anything, you can just write me through that tab and I'll write you back. That's amazing. And she does write back. I, I can attest to that. She's amazing. <laughs> so you can reach Wendy from her email, from her website. And um, she's uh, she's so wonderful. And I'm so grateful that you were both able to be here today. Wendy, always wonderful to have you. And I do want you to come back when your show is on uh, online so that we can promote that. Yeah. And Nina, maybe you will come back as well, too. And I'm hoping to hear your original song. Yeah. 
Thanks so much for bringing us together. What a thrill. An absolute thrill to meet you, Nina. Um, I just want to say I re- Les Miserables is one of my favorite musicals. So, And Eponine is my favorite character. So that's amazing to know that you did that. Wow. Nina, I think, I think you're so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> I love it. That's so great. I have to thank you both. This has been absolutely delightful. And I'm so glad you got a chance to meet. Who knows, you might collaborate together one day and do an amazing uh, song together. We're going to go on a short commercial break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk to Michelle Viner about her book, A Few Words About Mental Health. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM, and... And Michelle Viner is the creator of A Little Wordy, a small business that supports mental health through the sale of various items, beautiful items, I might add. And most recently, she has written a beautiful book, A Few Words About Mental Health. It is written from the perspective of a mother whose daughter was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 15. As she puts it, I am not a mental health expert, so this is based on lived experience, peer-to-peer. It is written in the form of short blogs, one word at a time, with each word written to tell a different part of the journey or lesson learned along the way. Partial proceeds from the book go to support mental health. It is available for sale on Michelle Viner's site, which is a littlewordy.ca, and I want to spell that for you. It's A-L-I-T-T-L-E-W-O-R-D-Y.ca. Michelle Viner is a wife, mother, and writer who lives in Toronto. Over the years, her work has varied initially writing articles for consumer magazines such as Chatelaine, Canadian Living, Equinox, and Today's Parents. Her work has appeared in two educational writing anthologies, How to Write Paragraphs and Essays and Global Matters. While still writing for various publications, her most recent interest lies in telling people's stories, and her time is now spent creating memoirs for people to self-publish. In the past several years, Michelle has become an advocate for mental health. And again, her book, A Few Words About Mental Health, is her latest work and is a personal view through the eyes of a mother. Michelle, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. We want to congratulate you on the publication of your beautiful book, A Few Words About Mental Health. I loved reading it, and I know that it's going to help a lot of people. Can you tell us what inspired you to write this book one word at a time? One word at a time. Absolutely, I can. I think it probably goes back to the very early days after my daughter was first diagnosed. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 15, as you said. Like any parent who goes through that in the moment, I felt like I was thrust into a world I just really didn't understand. And I was. Uh, We all were. 
So from the very beginning, it was really about learning and about trying to uh, navigate this new situation that we were in and the and the health of my daughter. And so I started to talk to a lot of people. And I started to talk to a lot of professionals, incredible professionals out there, psychiatrists, social workers, you know, people on the front lines of mental health every day. Um, and it was incredible. And I learned a tremendous amount from them. But I also started to talk to other people, and that was other parents. And, you know, I'll say from the very beginning, we were very open about Jacqueline's diagnosis. She was very open about it. It was never anything we shied away from. And I think what happened is that other parents would hear about our story. So I found myself being reached out to sometimes from people that I knew, sometimes from people that I didn't know. But I, I will tell you that I spent a lot of time at Starbucks. In fact, the, the working title of this book for a long time was A Cup of Tea with Mental <laughs> Health. And the reason that it was is because <laughs> I, I had a lot of tea, a lot of tea over the, the years that we've been navigating this. I found over and over again that we were all in the same position. We were all asking the same questions. You know, how did we get here? Is this real? What do we do? What, we didn't know what to do. And so there was a lot of fear and a lot of sadness, I suppose, and just, just a lot of questions. That's not to say there are not places out there that would help us. There are many great resources out there. But I think, you know, in the early days, it's maybe a little bit more private than that. And that's not about stigma. It's really just about you really are kind of in a flux and you and you just kind of have to take one day at a time. I really love the idea of just one-on-one -on -one and really kind of a grassroots approach to parents. This book is about those conversations over and over again. And I, and I hope that at the end of the day, the book is about something that I don't think is obvious to parents from the beginning. It's all very tough and it's really scary and it's very dangerous in, in some cases, depending on what your child or what your loved one is dealing with. However, it just felt to me that it needed to be something that was a little bit more approachable as well. And I've said to Jacqueline over the years, there's, you know, I love you unconditionally and dearly. You're my daughter. There's nothing I would change about you. And I say, you know, I would never have wished this for you, but this is who you are. And I hope that the words in this book celebrates that person. Ah, I love that. And that's really the idea of it. We can be proud of our kids no matter what they go through and no matter who they are. And that's really at the crux of why I put these words down on paper. It's so beautifully done. I, I'm so excited for people to see this. And you also said on the back of the book, when my daughter was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I tried to find this book, but couldn't. So instead I wrote it one word at a time. And I love that about the book, that it's so easy to read. Each page has a word in bold and a description of what that word means to you. Example, you write mother, noun, a person in relation to her child, mama bear. And you are a mother who got thrown into the world of mental health in order to help navigate life for your daughter. And it sounds like it was a difficult time, but boy, did you ever find a way to make this not only helpful for your daughter, but helpful for so many other people who are going through this. We also have to pay very close attention right now to mental health as people are navigating this pandemic right now. Absolutely. And I, I started this book last year and very much for this kind of dedicated audience, always with the idea of publishing it this spring and, and putting it out there. And then I thought, wow, there's a pandemic. How am I going to do that? And I thought, well, maybe this is kind of the perfect time because really at the end of the day, we're all in a bit of a mental health exercise at the moment. And, you know, again, I'm not an expert on this. I just think strategies at the moment 
are what we're all employing right now. It's all about staying in the moment. It's all about thoughts, mindfulness. Let's not go too far down the road. It's very frightening to do that. It's a little chaotic at the moment. There's just a huge amount of unknown and anxiety around this. You know, people ask me all the time, how's Jack doing? How's your daughter doing? And certainly there's lots of reason right now, particularly for someone who deals with mental health issues and anxiety, to feel very fearful at the moment. But I will say, in some ways, this is how she lives her life all the time. The kind of uncertainty and mood dysregulation that she goes through on a typical day uh, or a typical period of time is now what we're all experiencing. So the parallels are incredible. And I'll say to people, she's actually doing pretty well. She might be doing one of the best in our whole house. <laughs> better better she, than most, right? Right. She's had a because- lot of practice at this. And she's a natural isolator sometimes. That's how she copes. So when you're in this world and you are chatting to people, you know, you're going to have some people who don't always understand your message, but they really understand it now. And I hear people talking about that. I hear people who probably haven't had to sit and really think about this before, that, you know, our freedoms are not as what they were and that we have thoughts and feelings that we haven't had before. So the, the, the practices apply the same. And I, and I think that it's very interesting that now all of us are feeling this way. Perhaps it will create a global empathy. And I think that maybe that might be a positive out of this. Beautifully put. I love that. I love that phrase, global empathy. One of your chapters is devoted to the concept of words. Can you describe, Michelle, why words are so powerful when it comes to mental health? Well, I think because words start the process of thoughts. I, you know, I, I say in the book, cognitive behavioral therapy is a real strategy for dealing with mental health issues. It was one that I didn't understand for a long time. In fact, I kind of rolled my eyes at it. I actually say in the book, it didn't really ring true for me when my daughter was in a depression for, you know, three weeks at a time and, and couldn't get out of bed kind of thing. But it is. And I think the language that we use generates the thoughts that we have. So for me as a writer, I, I'm not, as again, I'm not an expert. I wasn't a mental health person, so I wasn't familiar with CBT on its own. But I fully understood that the language that I used with my daughter would, would make or break her day because it would trigger thoughts for her. So it, we really became, you know, very cognizant of the words that we used and the messages that we tried to give her and to each other. I, you know, again, the other part of this, you just, we just talked about the pandemic you know, this mental health mm-hmm. applies to all of us. Of course. Every single one of us has a brain that we need to nurture and care for. Mm-hmm. So we should all be speaking kindly and peacefully and mindfully to each other at all times. Absolutely. Right? Which is why in the, in the book, you'll see words like kindness and you'll see words like big hearted. That's not necessarily mental health. That's just good. Again, it's good personhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love your, your references to mindfulness. And I, I love your reference in the book to Julia Roberts on your mindfulness page. Can you describe why mindfulness is so important and what movie star and Oscar winner Julia Roberts has to do with it? You know what? I was just trying to be funny, Judy, because, you know, no matter, even when you're writing a book about mental health, you gotta go for the joke. No, it was, I was, I was actually thinking it was more about Elizabeth Gilbert. It was about her book, Eat, Pray, Love, and that scene where, um, Julia Roberts is trying to meditate. I'm so glad you're asking me this question because out of everything that I've learned, I've learned the most about mindfulness. I talk to a lot of people, a real community of people. 
not just medical professionals, but also friends and my rabbi and people in our neighborhood, the, the kind of kindredness of community. One of the people that I reached out to was Dr. Lee Friedman. So she is the psychiatrist who has been talking about mindfulness for 35 years. She's a beautiful person and she's she's very learned. So it took a lot of time for me to really try and convey mindfulness in my book. But for me, it's been one of the biggest lessons lately. And I think that might even be part of COVID-19 is that mindfulness is not about meditation. It's not about being silent. That's all good stuff. But mindfulness is really trying to stay in the moment. It's the cliche of staying in the moment, but we don't do it. And especially in the world of mental health, when I watch my daughter, if the anxiety about what's coming gets too much, then everything gets to be too much. And that's really the crux of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. You say so many intelligent, uh, thoughtful, insightful things in this book. Like, I love when you talk about breathing. Uh, The worst thing to say to someone when they're anxious is just breathe. Of course, they're breathing. You remind people it's important to slow down your breathing. Right. Big difference. Big difference. Again, Mental health is something we all deal with. So we've all had moments where we're just panicked about something or we're anxious about something. And someone says to just breathe. I know what I'm thinking. I don't know about you. but One of the things you have to be really careful, but this comes back to the words. You don't want to be patronizing. Mm-hmm. So in terms of don't tell someone to just breathe, everyone's breathing, we all breathe. But what they're what they're in a state where they need something more than that. And it's actually even the words of trying to slow your breathing that comes back to mindfulness and thoughts, it really boils down to kind of those two areas, which is why I start the book with them, how we think and how we react to what we're thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even when it comes to um, slowing down your breathing, just talking more slowly, like it's so funny when I do the meditation at the end of every show, there's such a difference between the way, you know, that we have conversations during the show. And then for the meditation, we slow, you know, I slow right down. It's not even the breathing, it's even the speech. Talk more slowly. That's right. Just you know, you, you just, you slow down and it, and it already starts to make you feel so much better. What is the significance of the word believe in your book, Michelle? So going back to Starbucks and the, the tea is ordered and, uh, you know, we sit across from each other. And I think it's the first thing that we really have to understand as parents, because really at the end of the day, we don't want to believe that our child is having some issues with mental health. We just don't. Nobody wishes this for anybody, particularly your own child. And so that is a huge one for me. It's so again, it's at the beginning of the book. To believe somebody is to applaud and to validate their courage to come forward and say, you know what, I'm having some troubles today. So oftentimes we'll hear, and I, and Judy, I learned this one firsthand. I really did. We had a day where we were going to a large uh, social outing and Jacqueline at first said she could do it. And then on the day she couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, come on. You know, of course you can do this. You did this yesterday. You, why can't you do this? You can do it. You can do anything you want. All of the stuff that I needed to hear myself saying. But instead of believing her to say, you know what, sweetie, this is a bad day. We'll get through it. I understand that the easiest thing in the world for me today is one of the most difficult things for you. And if a parent, again, I'm going to talk as lived experience for me on the days that I could really understand and internalize that, those were the days that were the happiest for us. 
If you fight that belief, if you fight what the, and you challenge that, that's when you get yourself into trouble. Absolutely. You have to acknowledge, right? You have to be there with the person and acknowledge, even, even if it might be apart from your own experience, you have to just acknowledge deeply. And we're not going to go into this one as much, but blame and shame. I know you talk about that, you know, you want to stay away from those words. What does inspire mean to you when it comes to mental health? You know, inspire is a little bit of an offshoot of what we just talked about. I say, put, put, put away your pom-poms. You're not, yay, yay. You know, you're you're more of a, you know, where are you right now? And I'm going to meet you there. Mm-hmm. So and that I think is inspirational. I think to be able to, you know, just, again, you use the word acknowledge. It's a very good word. Just to acknowledge where somebody is on a given day, I think is inspirational. Inspirational doesn't have to be, Raw, raw, all you know, jumping up and down. That's not. I think it's. I think it's far calmer and simpler than that. So to inspire somebody is just to be meet them right where they are. And you know what? You are exactly where you're supposed to be in this moment. And in this moment, there's no greater place to be. I love that you mention love so much. In fact, love has two chapters. It it even has a love part too. What does love have to do with it? It's everything. Love comes up in in talking with fellow parents. Love comes up in the medical profession and in the peer to peer support. It, it just knowing what where you are with this person, and th- this word came as a result of we had a very very rough period of time, probably about three years into Jacqueline's illness, and uh, we had a particularly rough occurrence, and Jacqueline was really in a very bad place. And I didn't know what to do. And so I called uh, a pediatrician that had taken care of Jacqueline her when she was younger and said, and explained the situation. And I said, I don't know what to do. She was just in a very, very, she was just disconnected. It was, it was just bad. And he said, you know what? Sometimes as parents, we don't know what to do because there's nothing to do, hmm. which was a lot. Because every parent wants to try and jump in and, and fix it. Right. right. And he said, sometimes right. you have to separate the help from the love. Mm. And sometimes your job is to love the child and you have to take her or him to the place where they can be helped. And that was a turning point for me. Mm. It, it was a turning point in the whole thing that, and I actually get emotional about it because I remember it like it was yesterday. It was the best advice that I had received. And it was one that I implement every day since. Mm. Don't get too caught up in trying to make this all better and fix it. You're not going to. Just simply love the child, love the loved one, love the cousin, whoever it is in your life, just love them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. love love is at the root of it all. Mm, that's beautiful. I love I, I love that because that's that's so encouraging. Can you describe how your daughter was a warrior when she gave a speech to 300 people that brought the house down? What happened exactly? Um, she was asked to be a speaker at a, an event that I'm actually involved in mental health empowerment day with Leanne Matlow in Toronto. Uh, Leanne Matlow is a CBT professional. And so we've, we, we, as a family, we've gotten involved in this, um, symposium every year and we have lived experience speakers. So we, Leanne approached Jacqueline to be a speaker. You know, I said to her, you know, listen, it's, this is entirely up to you. And it's, even if you say yes, your story is yours. It's whatever you want to say. And, and she's like, yeah, okay, move mom. Like you, you go sit over there. I'm going to write my speech. (laughs) She wrote a speech that was so incredibly truthful. Mm. And I think that's what I mean by warrior. I think, you know, I say in the book, it was originally the word was hero. I don't like that word. I think we're all heroes. I think we all do the best we can every day. But I think a warrior is a little bit different. I think a warrior is somebody who, you know, knows that they may have a bit of an uphill battle, 
but they're going to do it anyway. And they don't have to do it in, a, in an overt, terrible, you know, uh, aggressive kind of way. You can be a very gentle, peaceful warrior. And that's what she is. And she stood it on this particular occasion and just told the truth about what her story was, what it feels like to live with bipolar disorder or any mental health disorder, some of the stigma that she had uh, endured, some of the, you know, stuff at school that she had endured. It was just a very metered, very passionate, very eloquent speech. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was just very truthful. That's what I heard. I heard that it was a standing ovation. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. And that also everyone talked also about how deeply intelligent it was, not not how, how incredibly well written. And uh, this could be a TED talk like this was yes. this was just a next level. Yeah, incredible. Absolutely. I agree. It was. And, you know, she was also approached on many different occasions after that to, to share the words elsewhere. That will be her choice whether she wants to do that. I think it would be great if she did. But this is her story. So that part of it. She'll decide what she wants to do going forward. But she she loved doing it. And, you know, somebody said to, to me after, do you think she felt exposed? I said, no, she did not feel exposed. She felt understood. And there's a big difference. It is so important in your book, Michelle, you say to look for the good. And as you say, find the nugget or the golden nugget. Can you elaborate on what that means? I love the word, the nugget, Judy. Thank you for asking. It comes from somebody in my life who I... I know and adore and who is just very smart and very learned, learned. And I was saying to her one day um, that, you know, we were having some really rough days with Jacqueline and she said, you know, the thing about mental health is that you are going to have those rough days, but on those, on the days that, you know, you can, you should really be looking for the nuggets. And I looked at her and said, what's a nugget? And she said, a nugget is that little piece of gold that you carry with you that your child was able to do something or accomplish something or just be amazing. And maybe not even amazing, maybe just okay at a certain time and was able to, you know, to, to, to carry something out that they wanted to do. They reached a goal. And she said, the best thing about the nugget is that once you have it, no one can ever take it away from you. Kindness is a huge part of this. And you say it's incredibly important on this journey of mental health. Can you describe what you mean by that? Absolutely. I mean, it's just, again, it's not, you know, stigma is, is unfortunately alive and well, Judy. Um, we're getting better at it and we're, we're trying really hard, but it still is out there. And really, at the end of the day, it's just way more simple than that. Just be kind to each other. I think that we're in a world, I write in the book that we're in a world right now that we, I write this somewhere, we disagree with each other without listening to each other. And I think that that's really accurate. I included it. It's just about kindness. Like really, at the end of the day, let's just treat each other in a certain way. And, you know, we need to, not only do we need to be treated kindly as people, but we need to treat kindly. You know yourself, if you, you know, you get crabby with somebody or you lose your temper, you don't feel good either, right? Mm -hmm, absolutely. It kind of works into the kindredship. It kind of goes to, you know, um, in the world of mental health and far beyond. Let's just be kind to each other. It's just going to make everybody's day better. All of these words work back to the thought that it conjures up. And that's actually you know, going back to Dr. Friedman. She said, you know, one of the things that she likes about this book is that it will start conversations with people. So whether you're in the mental health um, arena or not, let's just talk about that. Let's talk about kindness. We never do. And, and let's, and let's remember to parlay. Absolutely. It. One of your words, try is a gem you got from mental health practitioner, Leanne Matlow, who was actually a guest on our show in season one. I know. Why is try 
so important. So in terms of anxiety, Leanne will tell you, and she's told me that anxiety will shrink somebody's world. Don't let anxiety shrink your world. Get out there and try. And if you really can't, there'll be a new day tomorrow. But let's, we, we have to try. We have to do the best we can to, to keep getting out there and doing our thing because the world needs us. I love your book, A Few Words About Mental Health. And there's so much that we could actually probably talk for two hours. And it's honestly, I think it's a must have for everyone in their library. Michelle, you say you have a love-hate relationship with the word happy. Why is that? Because I think happy, you know what, I, I have a daughter who's bipolar. So, um, and bipolar disorder is about being manic or about being depressed. It used to be called manic depressive. So the word happy for me feels like people put a lot of pressure on themselves. I like the word happy. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I want people to be happy. I just think we have to understand what happiness is. And I, I think I say in the book, happiness sometimes is knowing that you can, you know, combat the rough stuff. And I think it's something that needs to be earned. I don't think we can just all expect to be happy. I think we have to work at being happy. I think happiness is something far more encompassing than just, you know, a, a pure, simple emotion. I think you have to understand that you can have tolerance and resilience and kindness and all of the words. It comes at the end of the book for a reason. Because I really think that happiness for me is a journey. And again, I'm saying this as a parent watching a child try to be happy in her life. And she has a brain disorder and um, an illness right now that sometimes negates that. It doesn't mean there's not so much more that can still be part of her and, and fulfill her. But the happiness comes at the end of that process, not at the beginning. That's really all I meant about it. One of my favorite books is Neil Pashrika's book, The Happiness Equation. That book changed my life. So I like the word. I just, I feel like I have a different understanding of it from my perspective as a parent. Because as you say, it's a journey and, and happiness means different things at different times. And we can't all be happy every minute of the day. And it's it just the way you describe it in the book is beautiful. You say that your experience really comes down to empowerment. How so? You know, I think, it, it, again, it's an, an empowerment for, for me is a word that encompasses all of the above. You know, I think um, no matter where we are, no matter what we what we're doing, no matter what our potential may be, you know, I just think it's all about just being in each other's corner, just being there to say, you know what, um, you are valued and valid, and uh, and I think at the end of the day, that's what empowerment is: is just letting people know that they have skills and strength and and a place in this world and it comes very much i'm very open about it i really am a supporter of mental health empowerment day i think it's a great day as i said we're involved in it um so i really took that word from that as well i think it's a very it's a very powerful word for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was a wonderful conference and I, I i hope you um you and leanne will tell us about it again and we can certainly promote it on the show um when, when it comes up again michelle i love the book a few words about mental health i love the fact that you can flip through it and a different word will resonate with you every day one day it will be fly one day it will be spark. One day it will be something else. And I think that's the greatest beauty of this book. What have you learned from writing this book? I've learned that we're all in this together. It's interesting that we're all saying that right now. So maybe we've come full circle in that, you know, we're all in a mental health exercise. But I really believe that nobody is alone. We all have something to offer. We all have something to share. And the, life just marches on and that, and we, we can combat the tough stuff and we can get to the other side of it. Life is, 
is good. Listen, nobody starts this process feeling overly confident about it. And there were a lot of very dark days for us earlier on, but five, almost six years down the road now, I think that we're all stronger than we know. And that's really what this book celebrates. So wonderful. Because the show is called Finding Your Bliss, we always come back to this question at the end of every interview. So I'm going to ask you, Michelle, what is bliss for Michelle Viner right now? Well, I think that's a great question, Judy. I think the bliss for me, I I started this interview as a mother and I'll end it as a mother. I think bliss at this point in our lives is good mental health for all of my family, for, you know, obviously for Jacqueline. Um, But also for my, I have another beautiful daughter, Emma. I have a husband, Kevin. You know, if we're all on our game in terms of feeling healthy and confident and feeling good, it doesn't get any better than that for me. So that, that currently is my bliss. And they're all lucky to have you and you're lucky to have them as well. How can people contact you, Michelle, and where can they get a copy of your book? Um, well, as you said earlier, I think through my site's the best. It's a littlewordy.ca. I've made it really easy. It's right on the landing page to buy the book. You can also info at a littlewordy.ca comes right to me. Um, so you can email me and, um, I actually, it's also on Amazon. How exciting is that? Oh, that's great. (laughs) But it's much easier if, if, you know, whoever is listening all by all means info at a little wordy.ca gets right to me and a little wordy.ca is the site. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations again. And it's really impressive what you've done. And I really think people need this book because it's just, um, it, it just really, uh, is full of love and it's full of light and full of hope. And it's just wonderful. Honestly, guys, you got to pick this one up. This is a beautiful gift. And I would say get two of them when you when you order it. And uh, it's just been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Judy. Loved every minute of it. Thank you for having me. Same. Loved having you too. We're going to go to a quick commercial break right now. When we come back, we will have more singing from Nina and Wendy Lanz as our featured artists. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. I'm delighted to welcome back Wendy Lands and 10-year-old singer Nina, who will be singing us out this week. First up, here's Nina once again singing another song, Cabaret. Have a listen. This one's for my dad who's sitting next to me and recording this song. Thank you for helping this idea become this big. I wouldn't be here without you. What good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music play. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. Put down the knitting, the book, and the broom. It's time for a holiday. 
Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. Come taste the wine. Come hear the band. Come blow a horn. Start celebrating. Right this way, your table's waiting. What good's permitting some prophet of doom to wipe every smile away? Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. Wow, that was great, Nina. Thank you so much, and I love that you dedicated that song to your father. And I know that now you are up to over one hundred songs. That is phenomenal. Way to go. And thank you so much for being on our program. And now a stunning and very jazzy tune called Come By Me from the uber-talented Wendy Lands. Wendy, take it away. What you doing? Come, come by me any time of your choosing. My heart's an open book that's in need of perusing. so fun. You are so fantastic. Each week we spotlight a singer, singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you are a singer and you want to be considered to appear on Finding Your Bliss Radio, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you to visit our online magazine at www.findingyourbliss.com. And of course, for the latest and the greatest, follow us at the Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear from you. We would also love to hear what your ideas are for future shows. We would love to hear from you about what you love, what you'd love to hear more of, maybe some great ideas for guests and suggestions. Please fill out our Finding Your Bliss survey available at www.findingyourbliss.com survey. I would like to thank all of my guests for being here today, Wendy Lands, Nina, and Michelle Viner. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman. Production manager, Siobhan Kiley. PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia. Audio producer, Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. We're going to close out the show today with a quote from Michelle Viner's book, A Few Words About Mental Health. 
Whatever happened to simple kindness? A simple kind gesture, word or action can go such a long way in the lives of all of us. Human beings need to be treated kindly and to treat kindly. We know that because when we are not, and if we do not, we feel the effects, and sometimes those effects are devastating, particularly to a person who struggles to believe in themselves to begin with. Let's be kind to ourselves, to each other, to our own minds and thoughts. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Lee Brack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.